Hi, my name is Jess. Throwing out a game to pick that up. <laughs> she, uh, she used to uh, get him in t- every two weeks to get professionally groomed. Her Your old mom cat. did her yeah. old cat. Yeah, because she didn't. She worked a lot, so like having a twenty-five minute brushing session, I think it was just a little overwhelming happen, every yeah. single day. Um, so she would take him in to get like professionally groomed every like month or whatever. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jess Daniel Smith, and we're talking treating cats who are very vain well, mm-hmm. and they are happiest when they feel like they look beautiful. Yeah, and also I imagine that like the feeling of having little knots and stuff like I can tell annoying, when my yeah. hair hasn't been brushed like it hangs differently, it feels differently on my head. Totally. You know. We we're just talking about how uh, your Elena's mom had a we have a Persian and Elena's mom had a Persian and yeah, apparently she, it would f- seek out um silk pillows to sit on and present yeah. itself and And Walls does kind of do that too like when my parents had upstairs they had like a nice uh day bed all with pretty pillows he would like stretch out on it on that beautiful medallion tapestry kind of vibe and look all boho and chic little boho boy <laughs> so we were talking we we're, we're gonna talk about it chapter two yes we're gonna talk about glee for a minute glee and we're gonna <laughs> i also want to talk about you know the usual what we're up to so mm-hmm. um so first things first we're talking about glee and specifically about emma's character yeah. Who goes like, um, <laughs> yeah, um, weird. She has a very weird voice. She's got a funny little voice. And uh, she is a late 30s virgin. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that extensively on is the she show. She's late 30s? I think so. I thought she was more of an early 30s. Just like doesn't sleep very well. Really? Yeah. You think Will is like early 30s? I think Will is mid 30s. I think Emma's a little younger. Really? Is that what I look like? Do I look like Will and Emma? No. Do you think I will look like that in four or five years? I think years? Will is late 30s, Emma is early 30s, and we know lots of early 30s women that could look like Emma, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know about that. You know, maybe it's the fact that like I can't imagine someone in their early 30s like having such a senior position in a school. Maybe that's what it is, is that I imagine like... Oh, teachers can go up really quick because you can start teaching at, at 25, 24. She's like a counselor, right, isn't she? Yeah, like I have a friend who uh, from high school. I have two f- friends from high school that are already, they already have like regular adult teaching positions. Like one of them is a science teacher at my local high school, and one of them teaches music and French, I think, in, in Surrey. And like they have regular, they're not like the junior teachers or something. They have mm. like, they're just the same as the other ones. Yeah, it could be just They my. get paid less probably because you teacher, you get paid more every single year, which is wild. But I think like a counselor position actually might be even easier to get into. You could start in that job when you're like 27, you know? Yeah, me, I'm just biased. He's really enjoying himself. Wallace has joined us with a podcast and he's very happy, it seems. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> Yeah, so we're watching Glee. Glee's pretty... People who have never seen Glee... If you if you have ran out of things to watch and you're just like, okay, like I, if you consume media like a professional level, it seems like you're, you're the kind of person who can bang through a whole show in like a week, give Glee a shot. Worst case scenario, skip the 
Skip these songs. If you're just not Yeah, idiot. skip the songs that you don't like for fuck's sake. Sorry, glue. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them are not great. There's but, like, because yeah. they do the full three to five minutes yeah, of the song. They do the whole I thing. Yeah, which I find to be so weird because it must be just to fill time because like they could do half the song and still sell the whole version on iTunes or whatever like they used to. Um, yeah, just do a minute or something. I, I think like what surprised me about watching, we're in the first season of it. What surprised me about watching it was that it starts with one, a high school pregnancy and a daddy drama and an, and and an adult pregnancy happening at the same time where she's spoilers faking being pregnant yeah to keep her which is like alive. I was like this is crazy because the the title of the show kind of hints at the fact that it's a glee club which is like a singing performance group yeah and there's all these like really weird adult themes it's that, edgy. that it's, edgy that it's it is kind of edgy like it's pretty funny sue is jane lynch is amazing jane lynch is hilarious is like actually funny and there's there's lines that are that are really funny and i don't know so it's surprisingly engaging around four or five years in one of the kids dies in real life so we're probably <laughs> yeah. going to get off at that point so segueing off of children dying we also watched it chapter two hmm. yesterday finally yes um what are your thoughts? We we're both uh, King heads, <laughs> Stephen heads. Yeah. <laughs> so we like uh, we like Stephen King in general. We come at it from different angles, though. I, I've I've only read the super long stuff, but I probably will enjoy the short stories more. And you have read more of the short stories and enjoyed them. Yeah. Um. I have read Stephen King since I was a teenager. Um. Because I'm not like other girls. Yep. And uh, actually, there's one right there. You can see it. It's called Night Shift. That is an amazing short story. Actually, it's so funny. On this, Elena is pointing <laughs> at the seven Harry Potter books. There's literally two Stephen King books just like within eyesight in this room. Um, Salem's Lot, which I actually haven't gotten. I don't think I actually finished Salem's Lot. I think I found it. I don't know what. But anyway, one of the main characters of Salem's Lot is in the Dark Tower. Probably a character from all the books is in the yeah, freaking Dark up. Tower. But um, I actually haven't read the Dark Tower. But um, I'm what I love about Stephen King's books are like the uh, kind of nostalgic. It's yes. my parents on the deck, sorry. Elena's <laughs> dad is probably dragging a weed plant across the, yeah. the deck above us. Um, so what I love about the Stephen King books actually is there's this kind of nostalgic like small town vibe in a lot of his books the, where there's like there's evil hiding in these very idyllic like Maine. country main places yeah. yeah Maine is known for being like very picturesque and like cozy and foggy and I, I love it anyway it's um, kind of true because the whole thing is built on this underbelly of of kind of you know colonialism and we kind of talked about that yesterday with Thanksgiving but yeah it's like Kind of is a bit of that, where it's like the you know the American dream is propped up on the bones of the Aboriginals. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, okay. So Stephen King, but what the thing I find the most troubling about Stephen King is, yeah, just the length of his books. Yeah, his big old beefy. 
books. We both tried to read the um, Beneath the Dome. Under the Dome. Yeah, yeah, I actually received oh. two copies of that one Christmas from separate people. Um, <laughs> but um, I think my parents told some people, oh, Elena likes Stephen King. Both of them bought Under the Dome. Great. Which was very He's got unsatisfying. a new book. Yeah. It's um, 1,500 pages long. And yeah. um, so his short stories are very satisfying. Actually, um, The Children of the Corn is a short story. Really? Yeah. That makes sense that they, they kind of turned it into a, you know, an hour and a half movie. Yeah. So it's a short story. Some of his, I should reread it because it's Halloween time, but um, some of his short stories are legitimately upsetting. They're so totally. terrifying. Like, I have visuals from my own brain that I made up about them, like, burned into my into my memory. <laughs> I'll have to get into the short stories because they're also, it's a satisfying format. Yeah, I think yeah. A, a lot of the things that make me tick about Stephen King's short stories are to do with like hiding in plain sight, like horror hiding in plain sight. Like there's this one, um, I think that's his story, where um, this one guy just starts to see everyone's faces as like really gross and like gory and like weird and shit is fucked with their faces like not like they've been cut up or something but they're like disfigured and weird and stuff like yeah that. it's uncanny valley yeah that know, kind maybe. of stuff yeah. yeah just stuff like that it's 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 really great but yeah so it is a book also that i couldn't get through because i just like was like oh my god yeah. this is long <laughs> it is what you might call a long story yeah <laughs> long story and uh so we watched the movies we watched one in theaters and then two we watched last night and um yeah, it's. I liked it more. Like, this is the thing. It's it's kind of controversial. I liked it. Yeah. The the, the reviews are uh, pretty questionable. Mm. People are like, it's kind of fifty fifty. People don't. People love it or hate it. Okay. Um, big complaints were like tone issues. With how people were like oh. a little lighter than they should have been, considering how scary everything oh, was. Oh, like uh, Bill Hader's character and stuff. Just all of it, like the tone of the movie being kind of odd. People didn't love how much uh, CG was being implemented. Oh, yeah, with the aging down of people and stuff. The yeah, kids. things like that. Um, I uh, I gave that stuff a pass, probably because I don't love horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, or specifically that I'm always afraid. <laughs> so when I'm like going to media, very rarely am I like, let's be more afraid. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, yeah. So... So, um, to me, it felt more like kind of like an action movie, mm-hmm. you know. I think I thought the only thing that Thriller, they could have yeah. the only thing they could have cut was the um, finding of the artifacts. That was a little long winded for like a movie that's three hours long. Like yeah. them having these own like it seemed kind of like weirdly like out of purpose almost like to have these big like everyone's got to have a big spook and then like they all get away like uh, the thing i find a bit confusing about it is like what is actually threatening them and what is just a like projection like a like a is that the whole premise of it is that like we can't tell what's real and what's just our fear like it's something fitting off feeding off our fear you know i I think it's that the fear um, can only hurt you if you are afraid of it. Mm. You know, and it's like, I think like even like when, when, um, Eddie, yeah. is that his name? Yeah. The, the funny guy? Uh, no, Richie is Bill Hader's character. No, the, the, uh, sorry. Who's the, the mama's boy. Who's the guy? Yeah. Who's the Eddie. mama's boy? Eddie. Eddie believes that the spear will hurt the clown mm-hmm. Pennywise. 
Yeah. So it does. But then I think when he's laying there with uh, with Richie, he's like, I think I killed it. I think in his head he believes that it's this kind of very powerful mm. thing that he hurt, and that gives Pennywise agency to kill him. Because mm. later when they're just like, you're a clown, you're a clown, they essentially bully him to death. Yeah. Um, he like can't fight them back anymore. He like can't do it because they just they don't believe. I thought that was a little again. That's the that's the issue with King, and they bring it up in the movie over and over again. Uh, because one of the characters is a, is a writer who is bad at endings. Uh, that the endings are always like not as satisfying as the buildup. Yeah, which is probably why the short story works. Yeah, because um, the I way think they killed a- him was a little like I get that they don't. But they have at that point in the movie when they stop believing in him, they have no reason to stop believing in him. He just killed one of the loser people. Like it's like they just are like, you know what? Let's just say he's a clown, and then he goes to attack. And he just like can't. I know. It's just like. But that is a, a recurring you know? thing in Stephen King's universe, though, is like these kind of underworld creatures that feed off fear and feed off human vibes and yeah. vibes. Um, eating children, like that's a character that like comes up a lot, actually. Like these many teethed creatures. Like there's, I think it's Hearts in Atlantis, or there's a, there's a short story compilation where there's this kind of evil extreme like colorful man character that when he smiles you can see he has too many teeth right and he tries to get children sure um so i can kind of i i do i i wish i think the issue with that is that they could have dug harder into that from the beginning because it seemed kind of like all of a sudden that like oh he just like we can just bully him it's like why didn't this click earlier like and then and then why if what i didn't quite understand is that why did mike lie about why did he bring them all down there knowing that the ritual wouldn't work that's one thing that i found a bit confusing i think they were leaning on the angle that he was crazy oh mike is crazy yeah like that was like the angle he's like you're a madman oh like that, which I also thought was like a little like, okay. I mean, I guess it was just that he was, He didn't you know, seem crazy in the end when he called them up and... He was convinced that, uh, you know, I think he was convinced that that uh, they would do it because they, they had beaten him before. So, like, they would be the difference this mm. time, you know? Okay. Yeah, it seems a little weird. Like, it also, like, that whole character, Mike, is that his name? Yeah. His whole character seemed to just be to, like, prop it up and... When he gives uh, what's his face Bill the the ayahuasca, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it was a little weird, but I enjoyed watching it. But the yeah. but it, the the story itself is very Stephen King, where it's just like kind of it's like you know it doesn't feel like a movie as much as a, a literally an adapt, a long adaptation of a book. Yeah. Apparently though, they're gonna make a like seven hour. One movie of both. Oh my god! Apparently, that's that was announced last month, which oh, I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm like, that's cool. It's cool that they're doing a so seven have like hour a break movie in between for like half an hour. It's a miniseries, basically. Yeah. Okay, really, yeah. right? I, I, we could just watch it in an hour at a time, and or whatever. I think part of the reason it was fun to watch actually was just because like the actors were doing a good job. Yeah, actors like were that solid. can really take me out of a horror movie in particular, make me really like see it as something silly and not get into it. Is like bad 
horror acting. Like it's really common too to have bad horror actors in particular. Whereas like they had some big names. They had like James McAvoy and Bill Hader and uh, Jessica Chastain. Isn't she like an Oscar winner or mm. something? Like it was crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it, which is, which is uh, a lot. I, I feel like most stuff that we try to get into, I literally am just like, this is just bad like especially like you know i have a i have a bit of a knack for um seeing where where uh things are gonna go yeah you know nobody really likes this person the person who will try who will kind of like predict where a story is going Mm -hmm. yeah mom does that too yeah nobody really likes that person but for the person who's doing it it's it's i don't know what it is it's satisfying to 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 call something and go like like with like when they were gonna play Jesse's girl and oh yeah Glee, you know that kind of stuff or yeah. when I'm like oh Sue's sister is gonna have Down syndrome yeah it was just like it can't be the parents can't be that she has a kid it's not gonna be a brother like I was just like why why would she do it? like I kind of upset because I mean I'm interested in writing these types of things I'm interested in in making things like this so it's kind of fun to see how the like why things are happening, I, I feel like the the way that I the way that this um, this actually will segue into our, our next thing, which is the way that this is a bad quality is that if I'm like writing a song or something, I'll just be like, this is too predictable as a mm. song. Yeah, not realizing that the average listener is kind of looking for predictability a little bit. Yeah. There, there's some people who are not into that. There's some people who want to just get out there. People who listen to jazz. People who listen to more like. Exp- you know, more difficult and more like complicated musics. But I think the stuff that we're producing is like kind of straight ahead. But I, I feel constantly uh, like like a joke I've said a few times is like I'll, I'll like play a G chord and be like, this has been done a thousand times. Mm-hmm. You know, to me it's like even though there are only seven given chords at any time that you can play, kind of like, um. I, I'm just like, oh, the, the, everything has been done. Yeah, all this stuff has been done. The listeners are going to want to listen to this, and it's lately, it's it's been interesting trying to find a new, trying to find new things. So this is why I wanted, to, this is what I want to talk about in this podcast anyway. Was we were just watching Andrew Huang, hmm. who is a YouTube video person. Okay, yeah. what I like about what he's up to is that his life seems relatively fun. You know, he seems to have. As, as far as a musician can go, like you can't ask for much more than than uh, having the stuff you need to make stuff and collaborating and making videos and getting a good response and all that kind of stuff. But the music he makes, it's not great. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has spent so much time making music, you'd imagine that he would be better at it. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be the point of it. The, seem, the point seems to be these videos. Yeah. His personality, the way he cuts it together. And the videos are nice and they're fun to watch. And there's effort and there's like energy and it's all stuff is good. So if there is sort of a sliding scale of like the music doesn't actually have to be that good and it just has to be more like fun and engaging and enjoyable to watch, then we may be currently in the wrong game a little bit, Mm. slightly, which is right now it's just like the last two months has been putting out songs and just seeing what happens. Do you... um but the thing I the thing I always I always find with that kind of um, thinking is, like, are people for years and years to come going to be going back to Andrew Huang's music? I mean, p- videos to 
play them over and over again. Like I feel like creating good music is um, more sustainable because people love a song and they'll listen to it and they'll go back and listen to it and people yeah. will discover a new song whereas videos will be outdated and videos will not they're kind of like a one-off thing you don't just watch there are some videos that you watch over and over and over again but they're it's a different kind of thing um i think it's it's an interesting thing to bring up and i'm glad that you did here's my thought about it our music is good and the difference is that the music that we make out of these situations potentially will will transcend the video because they're good and because that there is this base art artistry to them hmm. i think that and we're not like i i don't want to do things that are novelty yeah. i don't want to do like pizza you know, music pizza music <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want to get sponsored by DiGiorno and we make like a bunch of like also like you know, it's a lot of his channel, and this is not taking anything away from him because he deserves all the stuff that he has. But it's, you know, when you, when you record a sound and then modulate it to the point where it's just a synthesizer, yeah, you're just like, it, to me, it takes the novelty away a little bit. Where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I guess we could make a whole song out of a guitar if I if I like hit a low note and then pitch it and make it sound like a bass drum via like 15 plugins and then I, you know, it's just like. The the uh, the effect of the looping is is lost on me because I know how the magic of it works. I think that's why it doesn't that's why it doesn't land for me. Is like the type of and, it, and it's also coming from a place of envy that I haven't done it. Even if I'm like oh, I know what they're doing and blah 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 blah. It's like well, it doesn't mean anything if you don't apply yourself and do it. You know, I think that's like there's a few things that are happening right now on YouTube that I'm noticing is that there seems to actually be like an emphasis on long format stuff. This is why this podcast went from 10 minutes to longer. It's because I'm like, mm. Oh, people want longer form stuff. Actually, yeah. that seems to be the thing they want. Um, my, the things I'm, I'm putting most of my energy into are not worth it. I'm spending a lot of time trying to get sounds and trying to, focus on production and audio engineering and stuff and that seems to be like not actually ideal because i i think that to answer your question about whether or not people are going to come back to good songs i just wonder if we're at the place where people are going to come back to this over and over again i, I wonder if we're there i wonder if music is fundamentally changing and if and it'll change further as time passes so rather than trying to think about like let's make music that is future proof, which is just impossible. What if we just did something right now and then just like, and it was just about whatever was happening right now? We, we weren't actually thinking about the future that much. No, I, I don't think we should make music with the future in mind because that's like impossible. That's like really hard to do. I just think like, um, I, I guess I was going more off like we should still like the root of things should still be the good music, making music that's inspiring for us to make and feels good to make and not like... But do you think that I would do that? Just out of curiosity, like, do you think I would make something that I was like, this is bad, but people will eat it up? Um, no, no. I, I, I was more thinking about like focusing more on the video or like, I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, maybe I was just... No, I understand the concern. I just, I, my my gut is like, no matter what we do, it'll fundamentally be like good, good enough to to uh, you know we're not going to make like f we're not going to make bad decisions in terms of lyrics and in terms of yeah. song choice. Like I'm not going to just we've already done that. 
you know, one was enough. We did one song that was like not for us at all. And mm-hmm. it was just like a huge bummer. It's like, why do we do this? Yeah. I, I just know that I'm uh, just tired of where I'm at. I've been in the, basically it feels like the same place in my music career for, for over a decade. Mm-hmm. I have been like if you, if you compare my if I compare myself to yesterday and the day before and going back three thousand days, um, you know things are totally different. But you know it doesn't. Uh, I'm just tired of worrying about food and money, which is something I've been doing my entire life. Whether it was the stress of my parents fighting about money, to then me becoming like an adult kind of, and then recently turning 30 and just being like, oh, okay, like this is, it's all happening. We're in. I'm, I'm, I'm like marching towards my 40s now. And it's a little like, okay, so what, what does this decade look like? The one thing I know is that we're not producing as much as we could. And that the, the whole, the, the blame is squarely on me um, because I need to, uh, I need to be a leader, I think. I think I literally just need to like move us in a direction and, and and you know commit to that because I every every day I'm I flip flop on on what it is that I should be doing and and uh, so I should just be you know taking the reins and and being like this is what we're gonna do I think that our, the strength of what we're doing is is this is you and I because that's the strength of any any project nowadays is is the sort of personality of it mm-hmm. unless we're in a uh, genre specific thing like EDM or even then it's like the big guys all wear like some sort of helmet you know <laughs> of some sort and they have this kind of like mar- you know marshmallow and dead mouse like yeah. as, as examples of giant artists who are their whole thing is like there's like a bucket on his head and <laughs> yeah. then eventually he'll go like I'm taking the bucket off and it'll be that'll be like the most viewed thing and then that'll go to the next like yeah just based on human curiosity where you just are like like think about the mask singer have you heard about this no it's this show where it's like singers wear masks and they take them off and it's like it'll be like a celebrity like you don't expect oh, i think okay. that's the core of it and you're like who is the masked this like who's the, it's all animals i think it's like who's the masked giraffe like what who that's is that so weird it is so weird but it's just the human thing of like we're not going to show you who this is. And just because we didn't show you, you, royal you, everybody, are now a thousand times more interested in what's behind the mask. It's such a thing where it's just like, hey, here's a singer. People don't really care. You're like, he's wearing a mask, though. You don't know who it is. And people are like, I'm in every week. Like, just tell me who's behind the mask. Like, and then once you show up, you're just like, ah. I thought that was them. And then it's like, on to the next thing right away. It's just this sort of like human thing, you know, like I'm going to flip over every stone that you can see, except for one. And people are just going to be like fixated on that one. Like, but what's under it? You know, why didn't they flip that one? Why? Like whatever it is like. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, I think that, uh, the value in those situations is just manufactured by being like, we're just not going to show you who's under the thing. So that's where, that's why it's like people want to see now, you know, I yeah. think that's like kind of the core of it. Um, I think that the way that, the way that it presents itself for um, these things, like the fact that people want content that's longer, the fact that people like personalities and like people and every brand is this just like us being a thing. 
Um, I don't think we should go as far as having like personalities where we're just like, <laughs> I'm wearing a, a fucking silkscreen mask or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, but I just definitely think it should just be us filming and, and doing stuff, but it doesn't have to be fake. I see a lot of these channels that have like, that are like, you know, it's like this woman baking a cake and then she'll be talking like mix, mix, mix. And then she'll, she'll like mix and then it'll like kind of the music will drop or it'll, it'll get more candid for a second. She'll be like, why did I say that? Like, I'm so weird that I just oh, like, I I, I'm like so random that I just thought like that. Or like, I know or it, th- those little moments. And now they're just like manufactured as fuck. Now people, again, people have like content creators have hooked onto the fact that people like this sort of fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. so now it's part of it now it's like the camera guy is mic'd up he's got a lavalier mic on there's actually a youtube video that a uh, video essay that i watched about this called manufactured manufactured uh, relatability mm. something like that where you're, the brand the drug is like we're friends you and i me the person making the video and you the person watching it and the way that they do this is by making you part of the joke like mm. hey we're just like in this room clowning around we're making mm-hmm. cakes and you know there's like a million subscription services and there's patreon and there's like the icing of the day club and there's cupcake foil of the month club and like there's all of these ways to monetize this friendship where it's like you and i are friends and for the low cost of 40 dollars a month we could be <laughs> best friends oh boy you know and yeah. then it's all that kind of stuff so i don't want to do that stuff no but i do want to have a i do want to have a platform where there is a dialogue yeah because right now what we're doing just isn't working right you and i are not making enough grounds fast enough to get to where we want to be mm-hmm. and this is just pretending that the world is the best it's ever been and climate change is not going to affect us in a in a way because it's just like what are we we just have to live in this way that there is a sustainable future ahead of us that like is going to be okay yeah so if we lived like that if we lived like our time was actually precious if we actually tried and we actually made stuff that we thought was fun and interesting what would happen probably not a lot but it would probably be more than what we're doing now Mm-hmm. Which would probably be good because we're, I think we're we're at we're at risk of doing the thing where our lives are so nice and comfortable, mm-hmm. but we're at risk of waking up, going to sleep, over and over and over again, and yeah. then suddenly we're just old and it's like what what happened? Yeah, because you get in the time loop when nothing happens. You just are kind of like day in day out, like nothing is going on. So so I I personally think that we need a total, and I, we've I've been talking about this. Even before you and I started dating, I was talking like this to whomever would listen. I'd be like, something needs to change. Like, it's, it's not, qu- we're not quite here. We're not, I'm not quite where I'm looking to be yet. You know, it's like something has got to happen that isn't this. Um, and I guess it's, things have happened in small ways, but not really, not nothing substantial. I've spent a lot of time just noodling on instruments and learning skills that are outside of, you know, like spending a lot of time on things that, are, although are cool, like our, you know, it's like my guitar playing is probably like where it needs to be. We have talked about this a lot for what I'm doing. So I probably shouldn't be spending a lot of time learning like a cr- bunch of crazy jazz stuff. Um, unless I plan on like playing jazz, teaching jazz, doing mm-hmm. something with jazz. Like I probably, because I'm 30 and yeah. most people just like around this age start going like, oh, I'm just going to get a job. Like I, I don't want to struggle. 
So this is this is what it feels like with me right now. It's like, okay, so I now I just, just got to get a job. Like I have all these skills. I have to have some sort of nine to five that is kind of outside of my of my things that I love to do. Where I, it's it's impo- it's like there's no way to make money off of that I can think of of me just noodling on on piano. Yeah, I can think of. I guess I could start mm-hmm. streaming it, and maybe that would turn into something, and then I could have an ad at the beginning of it, like, "Hey, this is sponsored by Musician," and whatever, and then just play and make mm. like five hundred bucks. Like that could be a thing. Mm. Could also be just like gigging. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I think that's just going out and playing is is definitely part of it. I think it's a. I think it is. Um, if it's there's a difference between uh, sorry, there's a difference between gigging around town and going on tour. Yes. I think uh, you and I are, aren't really game to just make a tour happen. No. But I think that gigging around town, even open mics and like small things is like actually a good way to like just make a little local kind of fan Splash base. Like because people if people like you, they will start following you. They'll they'll like if you say like hey, my Spotify is Jesse Daniel Smith, they will listen to that and if they like it, they'll sh- play it at their dinner parties and tell their friends uh, yeah and stuff. we don't know i've been i've been out of the game long enough and i've changed as a human being enough last time i was playing regularly i was shit scared of performing mm. hated it mm-hmm. last few times you and i have performed i've had almost no resistance at all no sort of like yeah fear of how it was gonna go and unsurprisingly it went well because of that so to uh you know to to round off all the stuff I'm saying, I think this is what I have in my head and uh, what I've had in my head for, for for so long, but I don't know why when it comes down to it, I, I'm always like, no, that, that isn't the answer. I don't know what it is. Some some perfectionism, some sort of obsessive nature within me mm-hmm. that becomes like fixated on the sound of a guitar for six hours. And then it's like, what did I just spend six hours on? Only at the end to usually reset it all, like get rid of all the progress, all the work I've done on it, and go, this is crazy, and then go back to it just the way, exactly the way it was. And then you usually come in and you're like, this is fine. What's wrong with this? Like, what have you been <laughs> spending all your time on? Yeah. You know? yeah. So so the the way that that looks, I think, is is making stuff just making things a great example would be like us covering like a flight of the concord song mm-hmm. i'd like to do that baby beluga song yeah that's another <laughs> one. i want to do the h3h3 song that one that we listened to because mm-hmm. i think that they're a good cross section of like this is a good song we're gonna do it in a fun way and also if you didn't know ethan from h3h3 did the song and maybe there's a cross section there of you know, maybe there's a bit of energy that could, you know, we could use to do something, you know? Yeah. And the way I actually think it looks is that we have to film each other just more. Yeah, I think I agree. I also, like, I think, like, I don't like social media, but I do think that having a presence online is important. Um, and... If we just, I think we just need to reframe sometimes how we view like posting to Instagram or whatever, because like there are, I think the issue is when I in particular get frustrated that, for example, I start to post that I'm releasing a song next week and 
I lose followers and I get upset about that or I lose or I don't get as many likes as I used to when I before I took a huge like Instagram break for like a few months. Um, I think the point is actually more to just put ourselves out there, not mm-hmm. to care about who is liking it right now. It's more so just like when somebody likes our song, they look us up and they also can fall in love with a personality and not just a song. Cause I think that's like a more sustainable way of doing it is like not just being a musician and, and some musicians just, just do that because like even I think even Blake Mills is almost like not by his own doing all really, but like is a bit of a personality Definitely. himself because like there's rumors about him being like dramatic and difficult to work with. But then you go to his page and like there is kind of a, a vibe there, you know, like the everyone there's everyone I know there's some sort of like vibe about them. Like even the fact that Andy Schaff is like really reserved, almost like plays into his whole thing. Um, but what if it's just them being themselves? <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what, what I, I think mean. it is. That's what I mean. Um, that, that's why I mean, I think we should, we should be taking not just video, but like photos of ourselves and things like that. And yeah. Yeah. My, my thing with Instagram and social media in general, just to piggyback off of what you're saying is that the medium doesn't support our, what we do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, outside of, outside of, I don't know, like, I don't think I, I, me personally, I don't get inspired by doing things for Instagram. No, 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 no. no. That, that, and I'm not, not saying that, I'm not saying that that's even what you were implying. Oh, what, okay. what I'm saying more is that I think that if we, we could think of YouTube and Spotify as being social media mm. and then that is like, oh, these platforms are perfect for what we do mm. because we like doing this kind of stuff. Whereas, Instagram to me, I after years of trying, I can't think of a content schedule that because everybody on Instagram is fucking shredding all the time. That's the only thing I see on Instagram is like a minute. Uh, you know what the equivalent is? Is like going to a super rich um, dessert restaurant mm-hmm. and just eating like a single tart. Because it's so fucking rich. Yeah. And then you and I are out there like, oh, we do kind of home style cooking where, you know, you get like three plates and everybody shares. Mm-hmm. And it's not this like, it cannot be enjoyed in this context of like, everyone's only going to take one bite. Yeah. You know, it's like not really that kind of food. Like, I don't think stew is a one bite food and i think that's more like what we're producing is like you and i are looking to do the more like fill you up music where you listen to it and you get into it versus the like here is me playing as fast as a human being can play i think that's the the main dissonance there Mm. and also that the fact that instagram success doesn't necessarily carry over into spotify or youtube or any other platform yeah, um, that's why I, I I I view it. I don't think music like Instagram is like I, I get why I see some artists and they don't have a stitch of music on their Instagram mm-hmm. um, because it's just not where it lives. Um, I think what I think Instagram actually can be useful for. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like sometimes I will I will find an artist or like I know somebody already and I'll go to their Instagram. And it's like, ooh, it's like this candid little like way to like see what their life is like. All these like little pictures, you read the captions, it's like there's photos of them doing certain things, like 
like our friend, uh, our friend Jess, I, I like her Instagram because it's very candid. It's very like, I went to a share show. And like, I think that's kind of a cute thing for somebody who likes Jess's music to find her Instagram and be like, oh, she loves share. I had no idea. That's so cute. You know, like that's mm-hmm. kind of what I think is a more pure form of Instagram is kind of like what it used to be. It's like, oh, I'm at a cafe today or like, just like, this is my outfit. I, I, I like this outfit today. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Like less like grindy, less like fake more just like okay somebody's you don't want to post a picture of you like in an alleyway going like people said i would never make it yeah and here i am i'm a product of wales i'm a product of canada (laughs) just like all this stuff you're just like oh no i think it's just so fucking hard to be an artist (laughs) no i i think i think it would be um but only if it comes naturally i think that's the problem that people are into with Instagram and us we have run into is getting stressed about it. I think it's a good place to have like interaction and to have like candid, just like here's more of our personality. That's like a little more intimate. Cause it's like, you can watch a story or you can watch uh, like our cats fighting or like, yeah. uh, you know, but- I, I agree. I, I think I definitely agree with you. I think I, I'm, I'm projecting onto you the fact that I, I don't know. Like, it's like where I'm at in my whole life to me, it's like, you know, imagine like you have a, um, you have a little garden in your backyard, but you want to be terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. That to me, it's like, it's not that, it's not that uh, you shouldn't be able to sit and enjoy your garden and just, you know, tend to it and stuff. But when your eyes are set on terraforming Mars, there's sort of a sense of like, how much energy do I put into this garden when I sh- when getting to terraforming Mars is going to take everything I have plus luck plus mm-hmm. network? It's just like because of that, it just makes me feel that the Instagram follow. Like I feel like there's a point where even if you have no posts, if you're Post Malone or something, you have two million Instagram followers, mm-hmm. and at that point you can post anything you want and not even think about it and get a positive reaction. In the meantime, though, I just, for me, and this is not telling of you or any other person or like if anybody else treats Instagram this way, it's none of my business. Like they can go however they want. It's just said, I feel like the, the crowd and the people watching my stuff now and the people commenting and blah, blah, blah are not actually the same people that will be there if I am more, um, know successful in my career like it's like the people who are currently following me it's not that there isn't people in there who just like truly get what i'm about and what and and are following me for the reasons it's just that the reality of our potential is that it pales in comparison and the people who follow me now i really feel like don't even know me at all because Mm -hmm. when i do present a bit of myself I also lose followers. People yeah. are like, ah, oh, we we didn't. We're not on here to like. I I feel like I have this sort of like bearded coffee guy who makes wedding music, mm-hmm. and I'm just like not down with that. No, I'm just not down. It, it's just not my. It's not my scene. I'm happy to uh, to be played at people's weddings. I actually love that because as a wedding video person that I've that I've done that for years. It makes me happy to be at weddings in the musical context to provide that to people. Yeah. But 
for those who don't know, who aren't in wedding video, there is a entire percentage of the music industry who just produce music to be in weddings, mm-hmm. wedding videos, wedding things. And <clears throat> the reason I take issue with this, with that genre specifically, is that I don't like any music that tries to spoon feed or cater to people. Yeah. Because that's just not what I'm about. So when my when music I make from my, just like this is what I want to make, goes into a wedding, I'm like, this is awesome. And the couple is probably so fun and edgy that they're doing this. They're taking like an indie artist, they're using his music for their weddings, their first dance or something. I'm like, that's awesome. But when you go to like a wedding music service and you pay $18 to have it for your first dance song and all sorts of shit, I don't know. I don't like it because the artists are literally going like, this is for weddings. This is a song made to be in a wedding trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I'm making this stuff. And I'm kind of in that category of people, even though I have no no want to be in there. And I think that the people who have followed me, I've had multiple people tell me recently, like, oh, I'm, I'm envious of your social media following. And I'm like, mm. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I am not existent on Twitter. Don't post. Don't. Have, I, I. To be honest... It's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the three of them that I believe are responsible for the potential downfall of our civilization. And I really mean that. Yeah. Because they are pushing not only not only do they provide a wonderful space for people to to promote um, anti climate propaganda, they are also the three platforms, Instagram and Facebook being one, because they're owned by the same people, mm. being responsible, single handedly responsible for allowing people like Trump to run the world. Mm. And it just makes me fucking sick to the point where I'm like, I don't want to support these pl- platforms That's true. in any capacity. Like, I just want to get the fuck, like, the only reason I haven't deleted Facebook is because I have not thought to take the hour necessary to deal with it because Facebook is like, they don't, they don't just let you delete it. They don't just yeah. go like you can delete it. They go like, all right, well, we'll delete it. But if you sign in once in the next 90 days, we're just bringing it back. We're, we're not going to let you just like delete it. Mm. And there's sort of a fear element to it. Like, fuck, what if I need Instagram? To reach somebody. What if I or, need? Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, this is not the way I want to do it. It's just no. not the way I would. Like, there's certain there are certain things that make me go like, I would rather starve than play the fa- the game. I, I, I just like, the game and it's true. So, so... To round all this stuff off, because we're hitting that 45-minute mark, is it? I have a vision for what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We've already done it. The Matter of Time video that we put out at the beginning of our relationship is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It just okay. needs to be elaborated on mm-hmm. and contemporized. Contemporized? Contemporaryized? Contem- Made contemporary. Yeah. Made contemporary by fulfilling the norms and thankfully like i keep saying there seems to be room for these long things and we like long things we talk we've been talking 45 minutes a day like it doesn't seem to be a problem for us Mm -hmm. so i'll just map it out right now and then we'll we can end this unless you have something else you can say no it should be we should be in the studio together um you should be filming me as i'm just doing stuff and I should be filming you as you're collaborating mm-hmm. on the project and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be going. The reason we're not doing this now is because my whole career and my whole life 
I felt it necessary to do everything myself and to not have, because every time somebody from outside gets involved, they fuck it up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, in my opinion, Okay. every time I let someone step in, it, it, the, the, it, wa- it waters down like what I'm doing, mm. you know, and I just, I'm like, I just don't like, for example, a great example of this is having bandmates who don't know their parts. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm letting you write your own parts and you don't know them. And we practice once a week for an hour. It's just like, how are we ever going to be, how are we ever going to be anything outside of me going like, fuck, like we're missing the, the vibe is not here because we're not all like tuned into it, you know? But I think that this is, um, this is probably a different scenario, but I've had a really, really hard time taking my, taking my hands off the wheel for a second. I have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not having fun and I'm not making any progress by just like being an insane person who does everything alone because mm. I'm not I'm not uh, particularly enjoying the process of it really. Um, so so the way I think it, it presents itself is that we go into this little studio room mm-hmm. with the intent of making music and then we document the process and then we cut it together and we put it on the internet for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we just were like making music and living life and enjoying stuff Mm -hmm. and just putting ourselves out there all the time. And I think that as soon as we start to engage with the world, it will engage back. Yeah. Because right now it's like, it's not enough for me to just put out a song and then go on Instagram and be like, hey, I released a song. No. Because people don't give a fuck. No. People on Instagram are not like I'm not here on Instagram to go to Spotify and listen to a song. I'm here on Instagram to watch drummers play as many notes as possible in a minute. You know, I'm here to watch people do jazz, but it needs to be like everything on Instagram needs to be like a like a um a stereotype, you know? It's like what do you think drumming is? Instagram well, drumming is this. Like, that's what drumming is. Yeah. And what do you think jazz is? Jazz is someone who looks like Betty Boop doing like a smoky 30s thing. Yeah, or like Neo Soul. Just like yeah, Neo Soul, I, seventh chords. I think we might strat. be. They're like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those little like hammer yeah. offs, everything's super high. Yeah, a lot of like bring, um, bring, a lot of like up and down up. the neck. It's pickup music, pickup jazz, pickup yeah. jazz. If you go to that, it's like I was following it for a, for a while because I was like, oh, this is a fun sound, and then I realized that everything sounds exactly the same, and I was like, oh, and never mind. <laughs> people seem to like that it's exactly the same. It's like they like the dependability of every time I click on this guy's page. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. It's called woodshedding. I believe that's what the name of it is. It's yeah. People well, just are like, here's the same the, thing over and over. Here's the best. And often it's not live. Mm. And it's, it's just like the whole thing is propped up on some bullshit. Like it's yeah. just. Well, it doesn't. The main issue with it for us is that it doesn't. Um, it doesn't transition to, um, doesn't translate to Spotify listenership, which is where you actually make money. Like you can't monetize an Instagram video. 
<laughs> you just you, like you can't. <laughs> it's not an option. You don't get paid per likes and views. Um, there has there has to be so because these people wouldn't do it unless there was some. Well, I think some of them um, use it to get hired as session players. That's what I see on the, some of the pickup jazz people. Some of them just have other jobs and try and are truly trying to get it to translate to their Spotify. Like there's a girl that won the pickup jazz thing and she's trying to just get people to listen to her music and she does small shows and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like the most sustainable route to focus all this time and energy on like literally mixing audio for 30 second music Instagram videos. Like, cause that's another thing is that like a lot of the Instagram videos are like um, the audio isn't, like just naturally out of the phone or whatever it's like they no, have a, they have a condenser yeah. off camera and they mix it and stuff which which I, I i've done with like a zoom thing before but like it's a lot of effort just for like a little music video that did nothing for my career just to feel bummed <laughs> that, that, the yeah. fact that you're like oh god i gotta put a i gotta do a sponsored ad or else like this is never gonna get anywhere mm-hmm. like there's that sense Oof, of like that's I a gotta, huge thing now yeah, too is like, like so many sponsored ads for literally anyone who has an extra 15 dollars. like I I, I I see so many ads every day that are like just somebody's like some 35 year old woman who can do a few covers and it's like i'm gonna put a i'm gonna put 15 dollars onto this and see if it makes it and it's like I don't know if that's the right route. Maybe you should be better at music and practice your guitar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, you know, it's just something's got to give, you know, like that Jack Nicholson movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And Meryl Streep, I think. is the other one. I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds like one of those ones where it's got like... Something's um, got to give. Yeah, it's, it's got like, it's a white background and it's got an image at the top of two people kind of looking at each other and laughing and the title in the middle and then another photo at the bottom of the other two characters. Uh, and yeah, that, also, is what, that is what it's like. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah, the, it's complicated is like that too. There's another one with like... The Holiday. With, yeah, the, well, the, okay, The Holiday is a special film. Holiday is fucking but, trash. <laughs> that's why I love it. But there's also another one with uh, like Dustin Hoffman and and Meryl Streep and and it's got the same formula. It's so weird. This to me. is also complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, always it's a, about, uh, about time. No, it's about time is the good is good, isn't that the one that you've watched? About time is. I have a soft spot for dad issue stuff, and it's fucking about time is like, hey, do you want to think about uh, the inevitability of aging? Oh God, let's watch about time. Oh, let's fuck. really get into it. But not only that. Aging is sad. Oh, no. Let's get into how much of a bummer it is that we slowly lose our faculties. Mm. And there's no way around it. <laughs> okay, I don't want to watch that About movie. time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's a beautiful movie. I didn't know what it was about when I watched it. I was mm. like, oh, it's about time travel, which it is. Because there's another movie, The Time Travel is like with Rachel McAdams, that has like a similar cover or whatever. I don't know. That one's a little more... This one's like, that one is tragic. This one's like the guys who made... Um, about uh, made um, the Christmas movie, the holiday. No, nope. I said the <laughs> Christmas friends. movie, not the piece of shit. <laughs> Just friends. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't know. It's the one with all the other British people. Oh, uh, Love Actually. Yeah, same, same. Oh, guy okay and it just like you know it makes England look like so quaint. Mm, nice. Like it's it's fun to watch for the. For just England, like being so nice, you're just like yeah. like they live on a cliffside. They live oh. literally just like on an English in this like English yeah. um this big fucking house with just like ivy and just oh, like they live in this 
incredibly gorgeous place. England, take the cameras off like your people teachers. and get your politics together and I will move there. But it's the whole world. <laughs> the whole world's got to straighten itself out. Thank God Canada didn't succumb to the the idiocracy that yeah. we're in. Yeah. The fucking people, any, anyone who's talking about oil, it's like, how fucking, but that's the thing is you just go like, all right, well, what are, I only have one vote as a human. Like, hey, I want to live on the earth. How do you guys think? Yeah. They'll go like, I also want to live on the earth, but I don't believe that there's anything humans can do to affect the climate. And you just go like, okay, so we're choosing to die because we're too stupid to be alive. And it's just like, all right, well, here we go. Let's try to make Andrew Huang style videos where I fucking flick a balloon and make a synth out of it. <laughs> I was something for some reason when you said flick, I immediately went somewhere very dirty. <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be like a Pornhub music video where you like flick titties and and like record Sample them. And like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a titty flick I did two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a butt slap. <laughs> yeah, this is my snare. <laughs> yeah, it's just blowjob noises. Maybe we should be doing like parody videos like that of like, like, hey guys, like I'm this guy, and today we're making a song out of this, and it's just a bunch oh. of ridiculously stupid stuff. Like people, like, uh, like we synthesize a guy like getting waterboarded or something, and we're like, oh this God. is an Afghanistani terrorist suspect getting waterboarded. <laughs> oh we turned God. it into a K-pop song. <laughs> oh you know? boy, let's do it. <laughs> yeah let's do it so what's the plan right after this just so we stay on, on oh. uh, what do you want to do uh well we could go to the gym do you want to do that now or i'm still really sore from two days ago okay but i'm not against it i'm not against it because it's like i probably should just go i don't think i'm gonna get like an injury i just won't do chest stuff i guess because i'm Sort yeah, just do like light weights to just warm up the muscles again. Um, we could rehearse as well. We could uh, okay. So let's do brainstorm, the gym. or we could go get coffee and brainstorm what we want to get started on, kind of thing. Yeah, let's do the gym, and then we're in that neighborhood. We'll yeah probably buy some more chicken because we left some chicken out all night, which is huge bummer. But that's do we fine. want to just like see if it's fine though? I don't know. Food cool. poisoning is kind of a huge pain. I'll ask my mom. Yeah. She's had a lot of experience, probably, with this kind of stuff. So annoying. We like groceries in a backpack. Yeah. So annoying. When you when when basically all your money goes to food, and then you spend twenty five dollars, and it, you basically are like, well, we can't eat this. Very very troubling. It's my fault. I should have put it. I should have just when I put the bag down, I should have just it. thrown it back in the thing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll ask my mom. Yep. All right. She knows. Bye. Bye. <laughs>